Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Sarah Stanich. Sarah, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Sarah is an MBA, a CFP, a CDFA, and the founder of Cultivating Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. I'm excited to have you on. Sarah, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure, I'd love to. Um, Well, I'm based here in New York City, actually in Brooklyn. Um, I've been working with people as a financial planner for uh, over 10 years now, and I I really love what I do. I have three young kids. Uh, My husband and I have three young kids, a 10-year-old and four-year-old twins. Nice. Yeah, so so we, it, that keeps us busy, and and I think as a result of that, that we tend to tra- attract a lot of families with uh, with young kids. That's a time when people kind of realize that they need some help, and they they can use some advice. Their financial life gets a little bit more complicated, and they have a little bit more responsibility. And so, certain things that may have been put on the back burner, they realize it's time to you know take care of them. So um, that that's something a lot of my clients have in common. Yeah, as a as a father of a two year old, I, uh, I I I can only imagine what it's like to uh, to have twins. So yeah. <laughs> certainly lots of planning considerations from a timing perspective and 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 herding cats, so to speak. So a lot of herding cats for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it really? Um, can we go a little bit deeper into why it is that that you really enjoy the work that you do and some of the some of the main areas that 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 you find yourself focusing on. Oh, sure, sure. So, I mean, I manage investments for for clients. I mean, I manage money. There's a lot of people that do that. But really, I mean, our focus is financial planning. So your investments are part of your financial plan. But um, just really helping clients to think long term and, you know, giving them an objective viewpoint on financial issues that are important to them. So making sure that, you know, helping them review that big package from HR with all their company benefits, um, making sure they, you know, helping them understand their stock options, restricted stock. People don't read those documents. Um, Making sure they have the insurance coverage that they need. Um, Maybe they have a shorter term goal, like saving for a housing purchase um, or paying down debt things like that. Um, and just, you know, just basically making sure people want to do the right thing, but just, you know, making sure that they are, are checking off those boxes and, and people want to have a list so they can, you know, check off this list and have some, some, um, clarity and uncertainty that they're doing the things that they, they should be doing in order to, um, grow their wealth over time. Yeah. I appreciate that. And clarity is a, obviously a very, very valuable thing. And, as we get busier and busier, it, it seems if we let ourselves, um, the more noise we have, the more demands that are attention. So being able to really clarify and think about the things that are most important to us and have a clear path for getting there is probably really, really valuable. Do you yeah, find that- streamlining, consolidating? I mean, it just that is is a big help, and also a lot of a lot of personal finance. I mean, as you know, you can. You can Google a lot of things that I do, but that can really send people down a rabbit hole. 
Um, and it, it can be really helpful to have a, an outsider third party that wants you to be successful too, to kind of hold your hand a little bit and, um, and, and keep you moving forward. Yeah. I think that that can't be understated enough. Really somebody who is objective that has the client's best interest in mind to help them sort of weed through that whole mess of information that's available at our fingertips. So do you find that there's certain, and obviously probably everybody's unique, but that there's certain times when people say, okay, it's time to engage with somebody? Well, this is a busy time of year. So <laughs> New Year's resolutions, I always have a little lift, you know, at the end, either at the end of, of, of the year when people, um, you know, it's kind of like their last chance of their goal for the year to get something done. Um, maybe that it was getting life insurance or, you know, talk, talking to a financial planner or rolling over their old 401k, things like that. Um, or at the start of the year, I also get a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, requests for consultations because it's, it's something that people are like, okay, this is the year I'm going to get organized and, and, um, and talk to a financial planner. So this is definitely a busy time of year. Yeah, so it could be simply something simply as as simple as, you know, I, I made a promise to my spouse or to myself that I was going to get this done this year and I only have a week left or <laughs> or, or it's a New Year's resolution. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Is there is there an area that that you find that you say, OK, if people were able to get better at this, that that would make a huge difference in their lives? Um. I mean, really thinking long term, um, I think that people get really kind of stuck in like the day to day and short term that they are not thinking about, OK, well, if I if I save in my 401k, you know, what's that going to mean 10 years from now? So I think if I can help people to think a little bit more long term and, you know, some of the things that choices that you make might um, be not, not painful, but just not as comfortable short term, but, but pay off in the long term. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a hard thing for, for, for me and I think probably <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody. Right. And, and this is what I do. Um, realizing that, yes, I do need to make sacrifice. Well, I don't have to, but it would be really greatly benefit myself 10 years, 20 years, 40, 50 years from now, if I'm able to make some sacrifices today for the long term. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, and some of those, you know, you know, quote unquote sacrifices, they're really, you get used to it and it's just, it's not a big deal. Um, so it's just, it's just a different, you know, different set of habits. I think some people are in that are born savers. I'm not really, <laughs> but I've managed to trick myself into it over the years and it's paid off. Yeah. It really does come down to those habits, right? Yeah. So if it is, yes, I am a, a spender or I am a saver or my, my spouse and I, we have a tendency to spend everything or we don't spend everything and we're actually able to put money away. Are there certain habits that you found that people that are good with money have that, that people that are unsuccessful don't? Um, being intentional about using credit cards for sure. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, some people you know, maybe people that you follow, you know, really kind of get into playing like the points game with credit cards. And, um, there are people that can do that, but most people I think should just use their, not use credit cards (laughs) or, or be, or be in the habit of paying it off every month because it's something that's really easy to get in over your head. Um, also just being in the habit of, of saving, of actually like using your 401k at work, 
Um, that's generally like the best thing you can do tax wise to reduce your taxable income and reduce your taxes is to just, uh, you know, make those contributions to, um, company 401k. And if it's, um, you know, gone before you get your paycheck, you don't really notice it. And that it really adds up. Yeah. They, uh, that ancient wisdom of paying yourself first, I think. Yes, is. yes. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's not that complicated when it comes down to it, like spend less than you earn and pay yourself first. You know, it's such a cliche, but just um, helping make sure people people do that. And then, of course, you know, that you can fine tune. Um, I, I can definitely help people fine tune. Okay, well, I'm saving, but which investments should I, I choose? Or I have insurance, mm-hmm. but maybe I could be you know, maybe I'm not fully covered. Um, or I have, you know, company stock, but maybe there's like pros and cons from a tax perspective of, of handling things different ways. So I can definitely help people fine tune, but the basics are always the same of, you know, things like spend less than you earn and pay yourself first. Yeah. And that is so, it it almost sounds silly to, to kind of say it out loud, right? Spend less than you earn, pay yourself first. But I think that that's, that's where we get ourselves in so much trouble and we just came out of the, the government shutdown and hopefully we don't find ourselves in it again here in, in yeah. a short amount of time. But I think that that's evidence of the danger of, of if you're in the habit of paying everybody else first and then waiting till the end of the month to pay yourself, you, you may find that you're not going to have any money left, left over. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot harder to dig out of a hole than to you know never get in that hole in the first place. And yeah, no, I I think, I think that that's a hundred percent true. And that hole that we get ourselves into a lot of the time is what, what you were just talking about is, is using credit cards. Yeah. And it's such a, again, a pretty basic and obvious thing. It's why are credit cards in business and how do they make money? Um, and I don't think it's necessarily trying to really help you to be a better consumer. They make money when you don't pay your bill every month and you're making an excuse that you're accumulating points, but you're really accumulating debt and yeah i don't know if there's a good way to frame that necessarily than to just hit somebody in the nose with it but <laughs> so but that is and just probably probably the primary reason why why people get themselves in in trouble is is, is that they're abusing credit cards in, instead of being like you said intentional with them so yeah yeah you know another thing i'm just thinking about is like people's investments i mean there's there's a few um, the big factors that go into how much, how much your investments will grow over time. So it's how much money you put in is the most important factor. And then time, you know, giving the money time to grow like over a long period of time, that's the second most important factor. And then the third most is the, the asset allocation. And the fourth is the actual individual investments that you choose. Um, so I, I just think people focus sometimes so much on like an individual stock or an individual investment, but actually the most important thing is just making sure you actually in the habit of investing and saving over a long period of time. That's, that's, that's what really does it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. If your savings rate is zero, it doesn't matter what rate of return you can get. (laughs) So it's such an important thing. Well, I, it, it is a fairly common thing when um, when one spouse will be a saver and one will be a spender. Um, do you find that that there are conversations that people avoid having 
if it's b- between business partners or, 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 or between a husband and a wife or spouse partners? I do. I do. Money is an emotional topic. It's a sensitive topic. I mean, even in a marriage. Um, and, and actually I think that it's a reason why it can be really helpful to work with a financial planner. Um, because you know, you, there, that I have like a more objective view on things. I mean, I've had, um, couples come to me and I've said, listen, this is a, this is a cash flow emergency. You are spending a thousand dollars more than is coming in every month. Like we need to do something about this right now. And so, you know, that might be something that one spouse was thinking, but didn't want to say because they felt, you know, they didn't want to cause an issue. And maybe, maybe the other person knew it was an issue, but didn't want to say anything. I mean, I just feel like, um, having an outsider third party really makes an impact and can help people sort of get unstuck and, and start making progress on, on, you know, basically make, you know, turning their financial life around if, if need be, or making progress toward growing wealth, hopefully. And if these needs are, are, are these problems and the need to be able to change behaviors and you're not going to really change behaviors until you start communicating about those problems, that will certainly lead to uh, to problems in a relationship. And I, I know that as a CD, CDFA, that's a certified divorce financial analyst, you probably see that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely a big, uh, focus of my, my work as well as, um, you know, a specialty, something that I do that most financial planners, financial advisors don't do, which is work with people going through divorce. And, you know, frankly, I see it as it's a life event. It happens. Um, you know, it doesn't have to define your whole life, but it's definitely like a stage in your, in in your life where you could use some advice, (laughs) you know, you can use a team, you can use, you know, some financial advice. And so helping people, understand what's going on financially can, can be, um, can be a big help. And, um, and, you know, frankly, a lot of times, you know, one person in the marriage is kind of taking charge of the finances. The other person maybe feels a little left out or, or, um, disadvantaged and it can be helpful to have, you know, someone like me work with that person to make help them feel, um, more powerful, more in control, and and just more informed about their financial life, and yeah. also you know start their life off on the right foot. There's this terrible correlation of people, you know, make a they 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 make an agreement in their divorce because they want to be done, but then they don't really change their lifestyle. They you know they're two households instead of instead of one, it costs more money. And so if if you don't change your lifestyle, you or go, where's that money going to go? And usually it's, you know, things like credit cards. So there's definitely a correlation between divorce and bankruptcy two years later. So I want to help people avoid that. Just, just, you know, if they're, if they're going to go through a divorce, help them get started on the right foot financially afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it's such a terrible thing. Um, and probably one of the greatest destroyers of wealth that, 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 that we have. And so everything that you can do to, to try to, nip that in the bud and to avoid that and to to mend any 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 damages to the relationship in advance of that and i think that just being able to talk to somebody about it to your point i mean Mm -hmm. therapy is effective for a reason because it's Mm -hmm. so cathartic and it can be empowering and build confidence when you're ripping off these band-aids and having these difficult conversations 
So financial stress is so tough on a marriage. And, and, you know, frankly, a lot of these divorcing couples I work with, I see that there's just not the money there that they thought they would, there would be. And it's, you know, they spent it and they, they've been that, that stress has been, you know, it's, it's hurt their marriage. And, um, you know, if, if there's anything I can do to help avoid that or prevent that, I would, I'd love to, love to, to, to do that and feel like maybe I'm doing a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. I mean, financial stress is it's the number one cause of stress at work. It's probably, mm-hmm. or at least let's just call it a top five. It's definitely a top five mm-hmm. in, 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 in relationships um, and everything else. So yeah, people get in over their head. We certainly do. And, and it's, I mean, it's a matter of, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day that we probably receive thousands of inputs or messages or solicitations or ads every day about things that we should be buying or the lifestyle mm-hmm. we should be having, the things we, we, we should be doing. And very, very few messages about being prudent and living mm-hmm. within your means. So, I mean, I'm all about personal responsibility, but at some level, we also have to recognize that there are forces much greater than us that are incentivized to get us to act badly. So, yeah. Well, Sarah, uh, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? (laughs) I guess my difference making tip is just to to think long term um, and really not focus just on today and this year, but to think about your life five years down the road and where you want to be and write that down. Um, it can really help to help you to create a path to move, move toward it. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on, come on. You know, it, it is truly one thing to, to know it, but then to actually write it down. It's such a powerful and powerful and important thing. So, yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Cultivatingwealth.com is my website. I have a blog there, write articles a couple times a month. Um, Also, if anybody is looking for a financial planner, you can schedule a, a free consultation call with me. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Sarah your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to cultivatingwealth.com and check out all the great information that she has on the site as well as her blog. Thank you again, Sarah. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!